Okay, let's see what's news today. Uh, the morning paper blues, huh? Oh, bad, bad, worse. Oh, wait. Uh-oh. No, good news. The General Assembly in Richmond is working on a law to help Dominion Energy customers. If it passes, it's going to lower the cost of electricity. Uh, let me see. Right here. Wow, you're right. It saves Dominion Energy customers at least $350 million. Is it law? Mm, not yet, but I sure hope it passes. Great. Now pass me the comics. Legislation being considered by the Virginia General Assembly strengthens regulatory oversight and saves customers at least $350 million. That means a savings of about 6 to $7 a month for the average residential user, according to the State Corporation Commission, the agency that regulates utilities in Virginia. It's common sense rate relief that helps us continue doing what we do best, meeting the needs of our customers. To take action, visit dominionenergy.com forward slash rate relief. Paid for by Dominion Energy. It's good. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We're good. We're good. We're lovely. This is my glasses. I like the coffee. This beard mustache. Boom. Let's give it to him, Jimmy. Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to Unfair Sports, where we take a pensive approach to the sports conversation. I'm your host, Jay, with your favorite co-host, Jimmy. Thank you checking us out here on YouTube, as well as wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. While you're there, like, subscribe, comment, rate us, and review us, and give us five stars. You think we deserve it? Meh. Just give five anyway. Gifted. So today's episode of Unfair Sports, we're going to dive right into a lot of NFL shockers. OBJ is out, but the Browns, did they prevail? A $7 challenge around the early lines going in this week to try to salvage the Frozen Five this season. Uh, we're going to go one word on the NFL and slide in a little bit of college football because there's a lot going on. Hit us up on the Unfair Fan Line, 430-901-1906, and let us know what you think of the show. Give us your strongest opinions. Let us know how much you hate him, how much you love me, as well as how much you hate me and love him, even though we know that's hate, not hate, true. Hate, hate, so hate. <laughs> hop in there. Give us a call. Leave us a message. 430-901-1906. Jam. Master J-B-C-D-E-F-G. What's going on? <laughs> what it do, Bay B. Yeah, that's quite interesting. I like that. ABCs and one, two, threes. <laughs> man, we had a crazy weekend in NFL, man. Too it was too crazy. I mean, we're gonna open with shockers, but dude, like, we got people getting beat up by their own namesake. We got <laughs> <laughs> destruction of people coming back. We got people out with that Rona. We got people coming back from that Rona, and it's just Woo! It was some of everything. It was it was a multiverse of madness. madness. Is what it was. It really was. It was. That's a good. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. We we yeah. had a lot of stuff that was not supposed to happen. That mm. happened. Uh, like I said, people seeing double, and it was weird <laughs> because even in the reflection, there was a skin color difference. So it makes it even more interesting. So Wait, what? 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 Exactly. So, but we're gonna go ahead and jump right into it right now. There was some big time. Shockers in the NFL this week, Jimmy, that um, we've got to address. First, we had the Dallas Cowboys go out there and lay something that I don't know what it is. Um, The Buffalo Bills did the unthinkable. And then the Rams followed up with, I guess, maybe the expected in theory. (laughs) Uh, But we're going to start with the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys decided to come back home, welcoming Dak Prescott back to the field with a 30 to 16 L. At one point, they were down, what, 30 nothing? 
Uh, <laughs> and we're getting shellacked. And um, Mike McCarthy decided to keep Dak Prescott on the field to try to figure out how, I guess, to stimulate the offense. Really weird in my personal opinion, but we won't even argue his thought process behind that. So, Jimmy, um, because of this L and the way this L went down, is it fair to say or unfair to say that we should have concerns about the Cowboys? It is unfair to say that we should have concerns about the Cowboys. And I say that in order to give hope to Dallas Cowboy Nation as excited as they've been so far with how the team has been performing, how well they've played on offense, emerging stars on defense. It is completely 100% okay that you took this L from Denver at home down 30 to nothing with 632 left and Dak's still in the game. It is totally okay. Why is it okay? It's okay because just about every team at the top of the pecking order, AFC and NFC that you can think of, has had a bad loss like this that nobody can explain. It's one of those things that when they happen, what determines whether or not this is a championship team is how they're going to respond after this. So sometimes you need a victory like this where you're feeling yourself a little bit too much, where mm. you underestimate your opponent, where you don't prepare as hard as you would for an opponent that you respect. And to show you that as good as you've become, you can still take that L if you don't show up. Because on the other side of that, regardless of record, regardless of reputation and organization, those are <clears throat> NFL players just like you out there giving everything they have to in order to make a living and win this ball game. So they're not going to hand you anything. So I think the Cowboys and really the Cowboys fans, some of them needed a loss like this, Mm -hmm. not to say that they weren't humble, but just to get you to understand that as far as you've come, it's going to take more in order to get to where you want to be, especially at the top of the NFC or maybe not. I don't know. Nah. But, so, so Top looks like no more. Yeah, so this kind of loss can actually help you somewhat course correct yourself mm-hmm. and tighten up some things that haven't been tight that you've gotten away with this season. Like, for instance, Trayvon Diggs, he's gotten them about two or three victories himself, and now teams are learning. Go the other way. You know, treat him like Deion Sanders, just throw the other way or run the ball more. So that's made it a little bit more difficult for him to have the kind of impact on the game that he was having when they had that win streak. So one loss like this, it happens. It's okay. You cannot have two, and how you play in this next game will determine really the way the rest of your season is going to unfold. But just one victory can actually – well, one loss like this can help you more than it hurts you. Okay. So, as much as I hate it, like you do on there, I agree with you. But I have three things that I recognize with this Cowboys situation. First yeah. and foremost, you're right. There's no reason to worry. It happens. Top teams have all lost a game that looked weird that they lost. We had like three of them this week. Exactly. <laughs> so we it happens. And it's good to, to get that out of your system now. Mm-hmm. But there are two other things, though, that I was thinking about with this. First off, these are a couple of concerns I would have overall. The wide receivers appear to forget how hard Dak throws the ball. Because every pass was hitting their stomach and falling right through their hands. <laughs> like there was a few passes that you, if you, and watching just the highlights, um, even on SportsCenter, they, they showed the wide receivers dropping just perfect passes from Dak Prescott. Mm. So either they were out of sync because Dak was out for a week and a half. That's a problem because if he does have to take a week off, or if the end of the season and they they basically got the the the, the division one and the conference potentially one, and they take the mm-hmm. week off, mm-hmm. and you have another week off because you may have the number one seed. You're really going to be in trouble going into the playoffs. That's concerning, which leads to my second concern. You can't go – obviously, a week without your their quarterback is a problem. They look disheveled on the offensive side. Like I said, those passes that Dak was throwing, even they were on the money, the receivers just couldn't hang on to them. Mm. That should be a 
that should be your cause for concern, especially if you go, like I said, deeper into the playoff. Well, actually, when you get started with the playoffs and you work enough to get that number one uh, seed and you get that week off. Mm-hmm. If you have, they have two weeks off, you got problems. Now, that's the reason why I think McCarthy did keep Dak in the game. He needed the reps. He, had, he didn't play. They were by week the week before. Dak was hurt before that at the end of that game where he hurt his calf. So they kind of needed him out there to get reps, get going, and I guess put some conf- inject some confidence in them because of what was going on. Now let's go on the defensive side, like you mentioned. Yeah, they looked at Trayvon Diggs and realized one of two things: burn him or don't go his direction. Mm-hmm. Tim Patrick dusted him. Like I told everybody, <laughs> that's the one concern I had about Diggs and the way him and Anthony Browns play play defense. They live and die. From the end, like from the three pointer that Golden State did and mm-hmm. Oklahoma City did years ago, mm-hmm. they live and die by that shot to the point of in Houston to the point of you either going to win from it or you're going to lose from it. And they were cooking him. They were cooking him when he went over the top, and I was like, ah, feast or famine. That's what it is. <laughs> right. So Diggs couldn't get the interception because they were they were mentally prepared to either I'm going deep. Or I'm not throwing his direction at all. Mm. And that to me is something that the Cowboys will have to tighten up moving forward. Mm. And, you know, when we talk about concerns, usually when you hear the word concern, you get concerned just by hearing the word like, oh, this is a a major, major issue. Right. And it doesn't have to be, but concerns in this sense is what you don't want to truly become a concern. Because I have two of my own. First thing is, you should not give up 190 rushing yards to outside of Derrick Henry, you should not be giving that up to anybody. Especially Melvin Gordon, who's like 35 in football years, and Javante Williams, who's a rookie. I got to give it up to Denver, even though this is mostly about Dallas. Their game plan, I thought, was masterful. Vic Fangio, as the head coach, a defensive coach who's been in the league for years, for decades, finally looked like the Broncos looked like the team that we thought they would look like. They're a playoff team. They're like a playoff team. And they got rid of Von Miller, which I thought that would be a problem, but I guess that made them rally even better. (laughs) Yeah, because it makes everybody else have to play just a little bit better. And then when you combine that cumulative effect, it Mm -hmm. actually makes them somewhat of uh, a defense that's as good or potentially at least better, at least for one game. But giving up 190 rushing yards, you cannot do that the rest of the season. Second thing, Dak Prescott, he didn't look right to me. Now, I know that there were some passes that his receivers dropped, and I think he was, what, it was like 19 of 39. Is that what he was, or am I thinking of somebody else? No, yeah, 19 of 39. No, you're right. Yeah, but there were some of those those passes that were just off target, that were long, which I guess you'd rather be long than short. But either way, he was off target, and that may come from – because I had a bye last week, so it's been basically two weeks since he's had game action, so I get that. But as far as his mobility – from left to right in order to buy himself extra time in the pocket, he didn't look right. So I think that, you know, Dak, he's going to be stoic. He's going to be a leader. He's going to say the right thing in the sense that the cap had no effect on me. And it didn't. It didn't affect his arm necessarily. But as far as his movement to get himself that extra, you know, split second to a second, that he's it, good was, at. it wasn't there. So that calf is still affecting him. And since he made it through the game, okay, and we haven't heard anything today. So he seems to made out all right. He's probably going to be okay. But I think that was a part of it that had a little bit to do with Dak in the past game is he mm-hmm. wasn't he wasn't completely himself because of that cap. And he may not be for the rest of the season if he continues to play off th- play on this calf every week without any breaks in between. So that's that's something to pay attention to as well. I agree. I'm with you on that. So Cowboys fans, don't be too concerned. I wouldn't worry too much. Um because like I said, it happens and we'll see what happens next. Now, so now they got Dallas next. So do they just need to focus on just win the game against the Falcons who are four and four, I think. Oh so they actually become a little bit decent. Or do they need to smash Atlanta oh, in order smash to them. completely erase this 
debacle that happened against them. <laughs> they got to smash. Relentless. Just relentlessly. Relentless. Go relentless, and we'll see with that. So, we'll see if Dallas can actually do that. Yeah. Next game on here of the NFL Shockers is the Buffalo Bills magically taking an L in Jacksonville 9-6. to six. Jimmy, I think this is the lowest, score, lowest scoring game of the season so far, potentially. Um, and I probably will be the lowest, period. But Buffalo went to Jacksonville's home and got demolished. I have a lot of concerns around this game, <laughs> a lot more than I had with Dallas. Now, everybody's had a bad loss. Mm-hmm. This is Buffalo's second bad loss. They should have not lost that game against the Titans. They were a quarterback True. sneak away True. from – they're still – they were my number one team in the AFC, and I may have to drop them in my power rankings this week because of mm-hmm. this showing. Uh, but Josh Allen, the concerns I've always had about Josh Allen in moments, this is the game that Josh Allen looked like the Josh Allen we were concerned about coming into the league. They threw the ball 47 times. Now, everybody's big on teams throwing the ball a whole bunch. Mm. My big thing is if you're throwing the ball 47 times, I need you to get me averaging more than five yards per pass. He averaged 5.6. That's a problem. He only had 264 yards. He couldn't run the ball because he had 50 yards rushing on five carries. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, Buffalo couldn't do that. Against a Jacksonville team that we felt like basically was dead. And I guess Urban Meyer put a clinic out there on all the coaching staff for Buffalo and was able to come out here and win this game. Hell, Trevor Lawrence threw 418 yards. Mm-hmm. Buffalo's defense did their job. Mm-hmm. They Buffalo's defense gave up a total of 218 yards, Jimmy. That's it. That probably is the lowest this season by any team, by any measure. But yeah. they all they they didn't even give up 100 yards rushing. Jimmy, 218 <laughs> yards. That's what the defense did and the offense figured out not to help him out. This is how they didn't help. Josh Allen had two picks. He also mm-hmm. had a fumble. Mm-hmm. Guess who got a pick and a fumble recovery? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Yes, no, not <laughs> himself. He didn't intercept himself or fumble to himself. The Josh Allen's a defensive end for the Jaguars. And he so put this, up So this is this is the Josh Allen from the multiverse that's actually black and a defensive player yes. that comes into this universe where we have white Josh Allen. And who's, who's a, a quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, okay, got it, got <laughs> exactly. It. He just it just jumped around. So <laughs> that's a concern to me that we that that that, ja- that the Bills actually let Jacksonville do this. Do I think that Buffalo's in trouble? No, but I am concerned that this team figured out a way to bring out the Josh Allen that we don't want to show up. We want like a Dr. Jekyll, Mrs. Uh, a Dr. Jekyll, Mrs. Hyde. Mm-hmm. We want to go ahead and zip up one of those and kick out the the one that's bad and keep mm-hmm. only the good one. He's letting both personalities populate, and that is where my concern came out. Mm-hmm. This now, this is a real concern. This is their, this is their third loss of the season, right? This is a real concern because. Of all the top quarterbacks in the NFL, and many people will place Josh Allen amongst amongst the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's been an MVP candidate both this season and last season, obviously, when he finally broke through. Yep. But of all the top quarterbacks, top four or five quarterbacks, all of them find a way, as ugly and gross as this game was, all of them find a way to win this game. That's true. Josh Allen did not, which means that he failed to elevate his team in a game where nothing was going right, where nothing was pretty, where you had no run game. You've hardly had no run game all season, where you couldn't get Diggs in open space, where you couldn't get Beasley in the slot as much as you want to to pick apart defenses on third down. Nothing was going right. And this was the game, this is the kind of game that 
Super Bowl winning quarterbacks like him with his talent level have to be able to win. That he could not elevate his team to win this game. That, in a sense, he helped the team to beat themselves against Tennessee and whatever that was in the first game of the season against the Steelers. There's no way I can trust this Bills team going into the postseason because I can't trust Josh Allen when the chips are down and things aren't going right to elevate the team. Whether whether we win by 1, 10, or 100, (laughs) even if it's by 1, I cannot tr- trust Josh Allen to win in a game like this where things where they're not boat racing the other team by 30 points. Yeah, that's, that's my problem. One. That's the biggest one is that they're not boat racing. If they're not boat racing the team, they're not any good. And the three losses they had this season and, and the three the three losses they had this season mm-hmm. were to teams that provide the exact same thing mm-hmm. that we've started to see this season. The Steelers beat in first week game of the season. Mm-hmm. The Steelers have a really good pass rush. TJ Watt out there abusing people. Mm-hmm. The Titans L we saw what the Titans did, and we'll talk about them next. We saw what the Titans did against the Rams. They've got a pass rush. Mm-hmm. Who was that that they picked up? Uh, Marcus Dup- who was that, Dupree? Uh, Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree. Who Bud I Dupree. made fun of at the beginning of the you season. You did, yes. and Bud Dupree went out there and was eating him up as well, and the entire defensive line was getting pressure on Josh Allen, making him work. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville, what they used, Josh Allen went after Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. So as much as we're joking about the Josh <laughs> Allen, Josh Allen piece, Josh Allen out of Kentucky was a top 10 pick, if I'm correct. He was a number seven pick. Just number like, seven. Just like go. Josh Allen. There you go. He was number seven pick, so he went out there, and he went after the other number seven. That is – Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> back to back draft. <laughs> all right. I'm telling you, they're the same person, different multiverses. That's all that is. Um, Matter of fact, so what college did did Josh Allen, did Jags Josh Allen go to? Kentucky. Okay, so he went so he went to Kentucky. So that's not a that's a traditionally a basketball school, so not traditionally a football school. Josh Allen went to came from Wyoming, which nobody knows for anything. Right? So <laughs> I'm telling you, man, they're the same. I'm telling, they are the exact same person, just from different universes. That's all that is. That's, that's how. That's how Jags Josh Allen always knew where to be because he's been there before. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is that their first time playing each other? I'm I actually so. curious about so. that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's probably. It's kind of like us. Where they follow each other's movement, and eventually they one finally creeped out and found yes. them, and yes. now they've matched up. Yes, wow! There's, I didn't realize. More yeah. to this. this. This has universal cosmic significance that these two not only played against each other, but that one Josh Allen performed the way he did against himself. I didn't, I, and I'm surprised that the universe didn't crack and explode at that point. It might have. It might have. That's a good point. <laughs> Start messing with space time like this. Oh God, space time continuum. So. <laughs> Last game we have here. Let's talk about these um, Los Angeles Rams playing the Titans. Sunday night football. We thought that this should have been a boat race. Derrick Henry's done for majority of the year, if not the entire year. Uh They said indefinitely there there are not optimism around him coming back this season. Mm -hmm. Um, And since there is no optimism about him coming back this season, there's a chance that that, this ain't going to go down. But... The Rams could not make it happen. Ja, Matt Stafford turned back into Stat Padford. Um, he threw the ball 48 times, uh, 31 completions, 294 yards, and a tutty. Um, and they lost to the Titans 28-16. to Literally, the entire start of the game was Matt Stafford throwing a bad interception. So the defense got them in the red zone immediately, actually on the goal, uh, first and goal after that interception because he tried to avoid a sack mm. that would have led to a safety, which wouldn't have been a safety because of forward progress. He would have just been at the half-yard line. Another story there. And then he threw a pick six, like a possession or so next. <laughs> and then so he got beat 
by Ryan Tannehill, who only threw for 143 yards, mm-hmm. and they ran for 69 yards. So in this game, Jimmy, in this game, in this game, Jimmy, the Rams gave up 194 yards, <laughs> which is lower than what Buffalo gave up to Jacksonville. Right. The Rams had 347 total yards in this game. So, Jimmy, is it fair, fair to say that there should be some conter- concerns in Los Angeles? I said turds. There's some concerns <laughs> was in turd, Los anybody. Angeles with the Rams. Yes, there should definitely be concerns with what happened with the Rams because, and I, I admit, I was conflicted about this game because on one hand, I decided this season to adopt the Rams as my secondary team because it was my late father's favorite team. I don't know how I became a fan of the division rival 49ers, but I have. So I decided to adopt them. And when you adopt a team, you want them to win. You have warm feelings about them. You buy T-shirts. You do all this stuff. All the warm and fuzzies. So I watched this as 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 a Rams fan. I watched this as a Rams fan. So you have that side of it. But the other side of it is how they lost. I love seeing teams lose this way. I love seeing. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, I'll explain. I love seeing finesse teams like the Golden State Warriors. Oh. I love seeing finesse teams just get out physical all game long, and that's exactly what this Tennessee team did. They came in there and they physically punished them the entire game. That three hundred plus yards total yards that the Rams had, those were scared yards. They were running away, trying to get away from Tennessee. <laughs> there was a play. I think it was Jeffrey Simons who. Uh, it might have been one of the other guys, Autry, one of the defensive linemen, who literally – now, I never played football. You did, but they have those sleds, right, that the yes. linemen practice on. they push, they push him, That he literally pushed one of the offensive linemen for the Rams back and back and back into Matthew Stafford, who I don't know why he didn't go either direction away from that, on the way to sacking him. He backs him up into the quarterback, moves him out of the way, then sacks him before Stafford has had or has thought to do anything other than get sacked. So that's when you know you are being physically dominated by an opponent who is out there just having fun ragdolling you. Just ragdolling. That's exactly what they did, and that's what other teams can adopt. So, like, for instance, if they come against the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs, you take Tampa. Don't worry about the point spread. Take Tampa because they have the guys on defense to out-physical that team just like they did the Kansas City Chiefs. So Vita Veo just run right through. So seeing that, I'm concerned because there's, there's no answer for that. There is no answer for teams who are more physical and stronger than you coming in there and asserting their physical dominance over you. There is really little you can do. No, you're right, because the the craziest concern about that is (laughs) I said this from the beginning. I've gotten backlash from saying this, and I'm going to repeat this to all of you. Okay, There will be one reason why the Rams do not win the Super Bowl. His name is Matt Stafford, (laughs) period. That doesn't mean St- Matt Stafford is not good. Right. It's that the defense is going to do their job. They held them to 194 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. And it's mainly because the Titans, um, start uh, the, the start of their uh, possession mm-hmm. was always favorable. They didn't have to go far to get these touchdowns. They didn't have to go far or anything because Matt Stafford was making all the bonehead plays he would make in Detroit. Someone else mentioned this. He's the, mo- he's the least scrutinized number one quarterback probably in NFL history. Mm. No one truly scrutinized him. He was in Detroit. So we felt bad for him, and I got that. But he also had Calvin Johnson for like his entire career, entirety of his career. So he yep. had a wide receiver yep. who was getting doubled that he can that he could still throw to and would still catch it while trying to get it to other people. Calvin Johnson's a Hall of Famer for a reason. For even the short amount of time he played in the NFL, he was that freaking dominant. Matt Stafford 
is the only problem that the Rams have. And if Matt Stafford can do his part, I promise you the Rams will win it all. But the days that he don't do his part, this is what you're going to see. I'll tell you something else I think happened, too. The beginning of the season, how we incurred the wrath of Tennessee Titans fans with our assessment of the team, that they're good, not great, will go to the playoffs but won't get through it, is I think that they showed that video to certain members of the Tennessee Titans team. <laughs> they, mailed, they sent it to them in a video tape. I think that only one of us truly pissed them off, and I think that was me, because you were talking about Ryan Tannehill, their quarterback, that he's good, but he's not going to elevate you. And in this game, Tannehill only had 143 yards, yards, a touchdown, and a pick. So he wasn't the reason why they won the game. I said I have questions about the defense I'm not sure about this defense. I don't know if you have any elite players. I don't know if even if Derrick Henry runs for 250 yards, if you can stop the other team from running for 300. And I think that really pissed off Tennessee and the defensive players because they've been physical a lot. Their victories have involved some type of physicality. And when you think about it, if you're physical like this on defense and then you have a physical runner when he was on the field like Derrick Henry on offense, that automatically makes you one of the most physical teams in the NFL, meaning you can have a psychological edge over the team you're about to play if they know it's going to be a fist fight on both sides of the ball all four quarters. Jimmy, they are a 20th ranked defense in DVOA, 14th in pass, 28th in run. And did that last night. And did that last night. <laughs> that. That tells me more about the Rams than it did about Tennessee. But I think that Tennessee has done a good job overall defensively. Mm. They've done enough. Mm. And as long as the offense do their part, it's like my favorite thing to say. I say this every show, every single segment, video you see, every podcast version of this you listen to. The offense has to help the defense, and the defense has to help the offense. If Mm. they do each other, they do their parts. Just like in in a marriage, in a relationship, in a partnership, if you do your part, things usually flourish and do very well. And in that game, the Rams defense did all the work while Matt Stafford was sitting in offense was sitting. Well, Matt Stafford was sitting on the couch mm. eating potato chips, asking where my dinner at. Ma, meatloaf tonight. Ma, ma. <laughs> <laughs> we got chicken or what? Chicken or what? Ma. ma. <laughs> Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home Internet. But if their Internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone Internet, not home Internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. So we do this every Monday. (laughs) Jimmy's going to give us the news. And now Jimmy has the news. Ah, thank you, Wendy. All right, so, Jay, the Seattle Seahawks sit at the bottom of the NFC West with the 49ers so with bad. a 3-5 record, bottom of the division, but they are likely to get their leader back this week as quarterback Russell Wilson um, has been cleared to play by the doctor, um, Dr. Stephen Shin, 
performed the surgery on his right middle finger a month ago. He's had the pin removed. We saw pictures of that on Twitter or Instagram, whatever it was, about a week ago. So Disgusting. it looks like they're going to get him back this week just in time to face the Green Bay Packers with or without Aaron Rodgers. Hey, that's a plus for them. Um, especially since Aaron Rodgers, since we found out he's unvaccinated and lied to us. Um, uh, well, he was uh, deceptive about his approach to things by using words and a whole bunch of word salad. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's a good thing for Seattle. They need their leader. They can go out there. And honestly, I think Geno Smith could beat them too. The Packers defense is not bad at all. They actually have a pretty okay defense, yep. good enough for the NFL. Um, and going against uh, backup quarterbacks, they should be fine. I mean, they're ranked really though DVOA-wise, but without uh, Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, they got no chance. I mean, it's obvious with Russell Wilson they are going to be better, but I don't think that they're going to be better enough in order to beat the top three or four teams. I mean, most people, most analysts, anybody who watches the game, if you ask them right now who would you pick in a matchup between them and the Rams or them and the Bucks or them and the Cowboys – they're picking the other side outside of Seattle, so he'll make them better. He'll make yep. them interesting. They might have a chance if they go on a bit of a streak at some point, sneaking to the playoffs, but ultimately I don't think it will matter. It's going to be a bit of a lost season for Seattle, but they'll be back and hopefully better than ever next season. All right, so up next, sticking with the NFL, um, free agent receiver Deshaun Jackson is signing with the Las Vegas Raiders. Yay! <laughs> he told Josina Anderson before posting an airbrushed picture of himself in a white Raiders throwback jersey on his Instagram page. Uh, he turns 35 December 1st, still has blazing speed, uh, met with Raiders officials via Zoom on Saturday, and um, he decided to take his talents to Vegas. Makes sense. That's actually a very good place. They they need a burner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if you really think about it, they're, they're they're losing players left and right with all of the drama that's going on around there. But mm-hmm. that was a great that was a great place for him to go, and I think that he's going to be an instant impact. I think so. I mean, he wanted targets. He wanted more usage. Why the Rams didn't give him the ball more? I'm not exactly I'm sure. Kind of bigger on Van Jefferson as well. I mean, no, Van Jefferson's good. I'm not saying get rid of him. That's why. Because that, well, that's that's your him. third. That's your basically four. That's your fourth receiver. Mm-hmm. Because you got Higby, you've got Cooper Cup, who is having a historic season, uh-huh. and Woods is still a monster and is still, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. Van Jefferson's your burner, and then Tyler Higby at tight end. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know if Jefferson's a burner. He's got better speed than Woods and Cup, but I don't know if he's the kind of burner that instills fear like Deshaun Jackson still can in the defense. All of his catches have really been deep this year. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm not sold on him, but we'll see. He's, I got you. I mean, he's undisputed burner now, so we'll see what he's going to do. <laughs> he's starting yeah. burner. All right, so uh, next, again, as we are still in the midst of a pandemic in the COVID area and its effect on sports, uh, the 76ers center, Joel Embiid, returned a positive test, unfortunately, for COVID-19 on Monday morning. A source, tor- source, tor- source told Adrian Wojnarowski uh, he's going to miss Monday's game against the Knicks. Uh, will sit for at least 10 days per the NBA's health and safety protocols, which I think basically means he's not vaccinated. Say how long? 10 days? 10 days? How's, yeah, how's think, the NBA? I think it is 10. So it's 10 for unvax. So mm-hmm. it's probably what – well, actually, yeah, yeah, I think it's 10 yeah. for unvax. So, yeah. So do you think that – I mean, minus him, minus Ben Simmons, and they've been playing well. I mean, they proved me wrong without Ben Simmons. Do you think without him – they can win more games than they lose over these next five? I think they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be fine, um, even though Embiid is. It depends on who they're playing, though, too. I haven't looked at their schedule. Who they got coming up? They got the Knicks tonight. So Ooh. by the time y'all hear this, they will have played the Knicks. Um, I'm not sure who else they play beyond that. Nothing nothing really. Eh, I think they'll be fine. We'll, we'll, we'll see what it looks like because they, they, they kind of need the um, they need that challenge because it's Ben Simmons ain't coming back. Mm-hmm. But I think they'll be all right. All right. So is that it? Is it snooze? 
And that was Jimmy with the news. Thank you, Bob. All right, so Jay, sticking with the NFL, going into this week, um, one of the most interesting and potentially impactful stories or happenings in the NFL was the decision to part ways with Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, and, the the, and the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, after well, two, three seasons of it just not working, they decided to go their separate ways. And so coming into this weekend, we had two questions on the mind. That is, where is Odell Beckham Jr. going to sign? Were he to clear waivers? And how would this Browns team, now free from Odell, how would they perform in a game, a real football game against the Cincinnati Bengals, who at one point in the season, one week, was considered the best team in the AFC or was in the number one spot. So starting with the Browns, the Browns come out in this game, Jay, and just completely control this game from start to finish. They look like the team I picked to go to the Super Bowl this season, and you picked to go very far Mm -hmm. as well, winning 41-14. to I mean, offense, defense, chub, left hook, right hook, everything is working. Everything's learning. Everything is, is landing. And... Baker Mayfield, clinical, 14 of 21, 200-plus yards, two touchdown passes. That's exactly what you want him to be able to do. So they look fantastic. They look free. They look like the team that they were supposed to, just a team full of blue-collar guys executing the coach of the year's game plan on the way to dominating a team that is not what we thought they were. So we had that. Did you have any other thoughts on that on the Browns-Bengals game? <laughs> So the running thing about the Browns not having OBJ is that they're better without him. And we said that back when OBJ was hurt last year, the Mm -hmm. Browns made the playoffs without him. We Mm -hmm. were really talking through a lot of that. Um, I didn't want to say that they were better without him, uh, but it seems like Baker worries less about him. So when that video and everything came out that OBJ's dad put out there on the internet or whatnot, I don't think OBJ had anything to do with that. I think that was his dad just being pissed off because he wants his son to be successful and excel. And honestly, if you watch the video, there were a lot of plays where Baker just completely missed the opportunity to throw to him. And I mean, that happens more than you think. There are plenty of times probably DeAndre Hopkins is wide open and Murray just makes a different decision. Yeah, but as butt naked open as he kind of was, (laughs) is is, there's a way that there's that. There's concern there, but I believe the biggest problem is is that Baker's more of a quarterback quarterback mm-hmm. where he tries to force it to the star receiver when he shouldn't, and then he di- and he distributes it when he shouldn't sometimes too. When he, that's probably when he should have passed it to the guy. Um, I don't think – I think Baker's good, not great, and I think that – I agree. It's, a, it's better for him to not have a player like OBJ I agree. because then he can hit Donovan Peoples-Jones more. Mm-hmm. And go down the whole list of all those receivers that they have and just play a power run offense, which the Browns truly are. And I think, too, that even from a leadership standpoint, even though as the quarterback, you are supposed to be at least the leader of the offense um, at worst, but at best be the leader of the team. Yeah, I think with a personality like Odell Beckham Jr., even though he wasn't necessarily the leader of the team and trying to become the leader of the team, when you have a personality like that, that that's that magnetic what can happen is if your message or your focus or you as the leader trying to steer the direction of the team is different from this magnetic personality, this yeah. marketing life personality, there can be conflict there within the locker room. So I think for Baker, from a psychological standpoint, without OBJ there, he is the unquestioned leader of this, at least of this offense, and he's free to truly treat every receiver like they're the same person. Like my favorite receiver is the one who's open. Whereas when you have someone out there like OBJ, no matter how much you try, you cannot look at them as just another receiver. I'll hit you. Because they're not. Yeah, Yeah, they're not. So I think that just from that standpoint, just that effect on the team or that effect on Baker, 
least in this game, had a net positive impact, and that's a huge part of the reason why they were able to do this to the Cincinnati. They made the Bengals look like the Bengals. They really did. And I hate that because I love what was happening with the Bengals, with Burrow, with you know Mixon, finally having better offensive players around him with Jamar Chase, but they couldn't do anything in that game. It was, I mean, yeah. Jamar, I mean, Joe Mixon got a little bit. Jamar Chase was kind of, uh, he kind of disappeared in this game. Didn't get any deep plays he normally would. So. Mm-hmm. Cleveland did their job, and it, and it continued the narrative that they play a lot better when OBJ's not there. So if they make the playoffs yeah. while OBJ's gone, I, there's nothing else to say. So speaking of your boy yeah. OBJ, speaking, you had something. I did, I did. So now we're left with OBJ. Um, the idea was for him to clear waivers. Yeah, he's of going course. to clear waivers. He's going to clear waivers. He's already told teams that if you pick me up, you're going to have hell to problems. pay. Problems. We're problems. Yeah. <laughs> so. Do we have a problem? <laughs> That's what's going to happen if you touch him right. on waivers. So now, so when he clears waivers and he is, he'll become a free agent at that point, he can choose essentially any team that will have him, any team that he feels like is the best fit for him. So we know that with OBJ, with his personality off the field, his playing ability, he's already said that he wants a team that can contend in the postseason, and we know that he wants a team that is in a city that will help him to more easily further. He can further his brand from anywhere, <clears throat> but more easily further his brand. So we know all that's taken into consideration as well as the quarterback. So, with that, Jay, um, for you, who would you say would be the top two or top three best fits for Odell Beckham Jr. based upon what he wants out of his next team? So, you've got really four options. He's going to clear – well, correction. you got five options. He's okay. going to clear waivers, so we know that's going to happen. Uh, but I think five teams could really use him and be absurdly good. Mm-hmm. We'll start off with both the Los Angeles teams. Okay. I think you put him in L.A., he's going to be Hollywood. But then you can kind of blend him in with all the other guys. Uh, blend him in with the greats of what Cooper Cup is doing for the Rams. Blend him in with what Mike Williams is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, ridiculously out there with the Chargers. He's never good when he's on your fantasy team. <laughs> no, he's Ever. Not. No, he's not. Ever. I, I, I'm trying to figure out how he ends up on anybody else's fantasy team this year because he's never good when he's on an actual team. But anyway... So you've got the Chargers. You've got the Rams. I think those two are two good options. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, of course, is the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. They love the Hollywoodness, and they like guys that are kind of disgruntled and and issues, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But I think he'd be really good with um, Dak and the squad. That would be a nice place for him to show up, uh, giving them a third wide receiver that's ridiculous and he could can play good with. Uh, fourth, I think Tampa Bay, playing with uh, Tom Brady. Just, I mean, who else makes sense? Tom Brady. Mm. That's it. <laughs> Just go down there, Tom Brady, try to win Super Bowl uh, with all the other stack players they have. And my fifth one, actually, no, my fifth one's tied. So I'm going to go six teams. Okay. Fifth one, I tie with the Ravens and the Bills. I think you put him in other, either one of those two teams. Woo. Shh, woo. Woo. Mm. But if the problem is, is with the Bills, they're not a market he's going to want to go to because Buffalo's considered a small market. He wants to advance himself. Buffalo, that's why I put them at kind of six. But I mm-hmm. think that if he went there, they would be obscenely good. Because Josh Allen's going to find a way to just throw that dang thing in the air. He's going to just throw it just to throw it. So mm-hmm. you take advantage of that. But Baltimore, putting them out there with uh, Bateman and um, and uh, Hollywood, Lamar's going to find you when he feels like it, and they're not going <laughs> to take any mess from you. So mm-hmm. that's I think that will probably be my fifth one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, when I first wrote the list for what I felt were the top four, top five teams, they were all teams to where in the receiving game, he would probably end up being the third option. 
Well, not, I won't say that. I will say that there are already two established pass catchers yes, there the who anchors. are Pro Bowl level. So then I thought, okay, it depends on how many targets he's wanting. If he felt like he didn't get enough looks, enough targets thrown his way, and that's a big part of what he's wanting, then he may prioritize several teams over others. Or if he wants to go to a team, good quarterback or great quarterback, chance to contend in the postseason in a, a decent market, then maybe he would be more likely to choose that team, even if it meant having to sacrifice targets because he knows he's not going to be the top option because he already has two established guys there and he's coming in to that situation, doesn't even know the playbook. So all that considered, I ranked them. I'll go from five to one. I had eight teams on the list, but I'll go from five to one. Okay. Um, one of them, and I'm surprised you brought this up in a sense because I didn't catch on to this till today. Uh, at five, I had Dallas. Um, like you said, the brand, the star power, I mean, outside of L.A. or New York teams, you would probably say that Dallas brand, actually, they're above them NFL-wise. NFL-wise, yes. Yeah, so you have a, a really good quarterback. You have a chance to contend in the postseason this year. <clears throat> so, And you know that Dallas is known for making these types of splashes historically. I mean, you think T.O. Yeah, yeah. But I thought about what about that <clears throat> that Dak Dez Bryant dynamic that they had, and that's part of the reason why they let Dez Bryant go because they didn't want some guy – acting like Jerry Rice, always in his ear about getting more targets, no matter how many he got. It's never yeah, enough. Yeah, that, that makes sense. But, but at the same time, Dez was already on that team. So this rookie comes in to his team, his turf, his territory. That's different than this being Dak's team, and now you're coming into Dak's team. Yeah. So that may not matter as much, but I would say they're probably the fifth best option. Okay. Uh, so they're five. Number four, I would say the Chargers. Um, I really like their coach. Obviously, you love the city. You love the quarterback. You're in the AFC, which gives you a chance to get revenge on the Browns. And you have two elite defensive players on the other side, which is kind of what you're used to. I mean, you go from Miles Garrett to Joey Bosa, and they have Derwin James Jr., one of the best safeties in the game. So that's a, I think that's a good spot. If he landed there, I'd be like, okay, that's good. That makes sense. Good spot. So that's four. Three, <clears throat> the Chiefs. This won't fix the Chiefs' problems and whether or not Patrick Mahomes and that offense is truly broken. And like I said, you have Tyreek Hill and you have <clears throat> Travis Kelsey yeah. already on that team. But opposite Tyreek Hill, they're dying for someone who's in that Sammy Watkins role. And when is he ever going to have the chance to play with the quarterback at the talent level of Patrick Mahomes? Because we know that Patrick Mahomes, he's still Patrick Mahomes in there. It's just something has happened and they have to fix it. But when is he ever going to have another opportunity yeah, to play point. with a Patrick Mahomes-like quarterback, right? So that's three. Two, Ravens. And this would be my top choice if he wants plenty of targets. Now, I know that Andrews gets his, and I know that Hollywood is the burner. But I do think Lamar, he would make extra. Make, he would make an extra effort to, as bad as this kind of sounds, force some passes to him, which is part of what it sounds like that was some of what he was wanting Baker to do outside of the times that he was just butt naked wide open, right? Yeah. But I think that he wouldn't have to worry about getting enough targets in this offense. And again, they got a good defense, their championship level organization, and you're still pretty close to that New York East Coast money. So I think that the Ravens could be a good spot for him as well. And they seem to treat players really, really good too. I think. So that's something you want to think about as well. Yeah. Because what he may also be thinking is if I get to a spot and I really like it here, I want to be in a place that potentially cap space wise or or aggressive aggressive level wise would come after me, would really pursue me to stay if things go good here. And so you want it to be a team that you could foresee yourself being with the next three to five years. So that's two. Number one, Rams. Like you said, A City. I think now quarterback 
He's got the arm to hit me when I'm open down the field. That's what I care about the most. So I can't say a quarterback because it is still Matthew Stafford. Four weeks ago, he, you probably would have said a quarterback. Now we're going to say B quarterback. He played with Calvin Johnson, and he found a way to get the ball to Calvin Johnson on a regular basis. So, yeah. yeah, that does make sense. And at the same time, I bet OBJ thinks that he is physically – and he is. He's physically more gifted than oh, Cooper yeah. Cup oh, and yeah. Robert Woods. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that. I can so agree so with he that. says, I could go in here. I could be the number one, at least the number two, and that will net me plenty of targets. <laughs> right? So, uh, so you have a good defense on the other side of you as well. Two of the best defensive players, maybe the two best defensive players in the game. I know Miles Garrett might be in there somewhere. Trayvon Diggs, but two great defensive players. And the Super Bowl is going to be in this stadium. So if I'm talking about contending going through the postseason, this team is one of the top teams in the NFC. And we could be in this building to play this Super Bowl. And I could be just that one extra thing that if they would have had me last night against Tennessee, they wouldn't have got beat. Well, they would have got beat, but not 28-16. More 28-24, we don't feel as bad on Monday morning if you have me. So that's what I think. Rams 1, Ravens 2, Chiefs 3, Chargers 4, Cowboys 5. Well, we'll find out Tuesday when he clear waivers. So when you watch this on Tuesday or listen to this on Tuesday, uh, by then we'll know at 4 o'clock who he's going to, after he clears waivers, who he's going to make his decision to go with. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Thanks for checking us out here on YouTube. Please like, subscribe, rate, review on wherever podcasts download, listen to, and share. Because why? Sharing is caring. So we appreciate the continued support and the growth in YouTube channel. We're almost at 200 subscribers. Yeah, and we're yeah, going yeah. to fly up to the thousands right after that. So, <sighs> Frozen 5. Take another L this week. Not as bad. Went 2 and 3. And let me explain myself real quick. My five picks is it was my week. First of L's, and then I'll explain my dubs, but L's. Texans plus six and a half. Terod Taylor was coming back. I expected them to actually play a lot better than this. They lost, what was that, nine to 17 to nine? They lost by nine <coughs> points. Right. Uh, eight, eight points eight. instead of six and a half. Yeah. That, 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 a field goal, and we were good. Right. Stupid. Or at least one touchdown. Whatevs. 49ers plus one and a half. That, sorry, Jimmy. Right. I. Nobody on the Cardinals was really playing. They didn't have Hopkins or Kyler, and your Niners defensively thought they're falling apart. They gave up. They're falling apart. They they, they fell apart, and then they gave up. So we've got questions about the, the coaching there. Yes. Um, and then the Dallas Cowboys at minus nine and a half. I thought Dak coming back. Mm-hmm. The Broncos gave up the farm. It looks like they were throwing in the towel, but I guess the Broncos decided we're not going to throw in the towel. We just got rid of the one piece that we truly don't need mm-hmm. to get everybody else to the next man step up. So mm-hmm. I was wrong about that. Cowboys weren't ready. Oh, yeah, the Cowboys has covered every spread for 12 straight games, including last year. Mm-hmm. This was – they were perfect this season, and I just knew, oh, they're perfect. Keep riding that train. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. My dubs, though. The Browns plus two and a half. I knew they were going to beat the Bengals. Yeah. I expected them to actually win that game, and they win it even better. No more OBJ. Perfect. I really the distractions. They did their thing. And then the Patriots minus three and a half. The Panthers are done. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually mad at myself for trading for their defense because I'm now I'm regretting it. That was a very bad trade. Uh, yeah, I shouldn't have traded for that defense. I mean, Gilmore gave you an interception. I mean, that, I think they're still a good 
good defense. I give them another week or two. They're, they're they done. Do. No, they're done. <laughs> this season's over. Their offense is their problem. Right. Their offense is basically not helping the defense. And they got C Mac back too. <laughs> so that was my Go picks. Check. That was bad. I shouldn't have did it. So, but we're gonna go ahead and move into. Uh, we're gonna bring back the seven dollar challenge this week. We're gonna do some early lines because Jimmy needs to, yeah, rebound early, the early start. The frozen five. So you ready to get it? I am. You feeling yourself? Mm-hmm. Let's go for it. The seven dollar challenge. Jimmy's got questions. Which let me ask you this though, because you know how how it comes to Jay's got answers. Yeah, that was terrible. I, yeah, <laughs> I did well. It's the seven dollar challenge. Oh, it gets every, every time. time, every time. All right. So this week's. $7 challenge presented by me. We're going to do um, early lines. Okay. So, Jimmy, let's see. I got seven lines. Let's see if you can get within a point and a half. Uh-huh. Either way, right? Either way. Okay. A point and a half either way on these spreads. Seven. And, man, this week is ridiculous. So, you think you ready? Yep. You nope. feeling yourself? I am. All right. Brace yourself, Jimmy. This is going to be a lot of work. So, uh, we're going to jump right in. So, first game. Dallas Cowboys hosting the Atlanta Falcons. All right, Cowboys hosting Falcons <clears throat> off of that really bad loss that everybody sucks is Dallas Falcons surprising team four and four. They had that <laughs> that um whatever that was last year when they they played in Dallas mm-hmm. right, and Falcons found a way to jizz the game. So no way the Cowboys aren't the favorites in this game. It's a matter of how much. I'm They're in Dallas. Say, Cowboys minus four. Ooh, no. Incorrect. What? Dallas minus nine. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Ready? All right, Vegas. Yep. We've got the New Orleans Saints traveling to play the Tennessee Titans. Saints take Trevor Simeon. No Michael Thomas to the Titans. Titans feel good about themselves. Off of winning the way that they did. Might actually be tied for the best record in the AFC. And they're in Tennessee. In Tennessee. Saints know it's over. So obviously, Tennessee is the favorite. All right, since that Falcons-Cowboys line was greatly inflated, I'm going to say the Titans are a minus seven-point favorite. Incorrect. Titans minus three. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna. So that's going to be a close game. But the, Okay. okay whatever, whatever. Whatever. Vegas thinks they're a lot closer than we thought. All right. Nice. Next game, the Cardinals are host. Arizona Cardinals are hosting the Carolina Panthers. Panthers in Arizona. That card, so you just crapped all over. Um, okay, now this is tricky because we don't know if Kyler Murray is going to be right enough to play, nor DeAndre Hopkins. So I don't know if this line has that baked into it or not. Panthers, like you said, their season is over. Yeah, you got C Mac back. I think DJ Moore he's got a rib injury, so you may not have him. So okay, we're going to say Cards are the favorite. Cards minus five. Good lord, no. What? Cardinals minus ten. <laughs> I'm just gonna short myself. I warned you yeah. that this was gonna be brutal. Alright, we've got the Raiders hosting the Chiefs. Alright. Raiders hosting Chiefs, Sunday night game. Raiders bad loss to the Giants. Chiefs, uh, Found a way to eke out a win against an Aaron Rodgers less Green Bay Packers. I still say Vegas will make the Chiefs the favorite, even though they're playing on the road against a team that plays them tough these last two to three seasons. Chiefs minus one. Close. Chiefs two and a half. Okay. So good job. Oh, 
I got oh, that right. Yeah, you got that okay. one. That was right. Finally. You got it. You got it. Chiefs minus two and a half. Chiefs minus two and a half. All right, let's go. All right. We got the Eagles traveling to play the Broncos. So Denver Broncos <laughs> versus the versus the Eagles in Denver. Eagles at Broncos feeling yep. good about themselves. Eagles lost a close one to the Chargers, but the Eagles play tough as well. The Eagles might actually be the favorite in this game. Um, Philadelphia in Denver. Remember that. Right. Never mind. Okay, so the Broncos are the favorite. This has a field goal game written over it. But I'm going to short myself and say no. I'm going to give Broncos minus six. Good Lord. No. Eagles the favorite? No. Broncos are favorites. They're favorite by two and a half. So there's a field goal game just like you said. Crap. (laughs) Okay. uh, Next game. We've got the Patriots hosting the Cleveland Browns. Patriots hosting the Cleveland Browns. Ooh, Belichick versus Baker. Who's the favorite in this game? I have no clue. Um, let's say it's now what would Vegas want they would want they want you on Cleveland knowing that the Patriots are either going to win this game or cover because they don't they still think you don't believe in Mac Jones and now everybody is saying like me that the Browns are going to go to the Super Bowl we've all come back so they're going to make okay so they want you on the Browns but they know the Patriots are going to cover. So the number that would give them that would be. So if I said I got I get points on the road against the Patriots and Belichick, I'll take that. Patriots minus four. No. What? Pick them. <laughs> okay. That'll do it, too. I mean, they, they still expect the Patriots to win. Yeah. So, well, here's your freebie. Right. Hoping that you can understand this freebie. We've got the Steelers hosting the Detroit Lions. Lions at Steelers. All right, so we know the Steelers are going to be the favorite, even if Mike Tomlin has to play quarterback himself. Um, Lions, I think we're on a bye week. One of the saddest stories in football this season, which just means that they're Detroit. That's all. Uh, yeah, welcome to Detroit. Steelers. The Steelers haven't even played their Monday night game yet. They already have a line on this game? That's crazy. All right. I'm going to go. They're probably going to say the Steelers at home. Big Ben is a much better quarterback at home. I'm going to pummel them. Steelers minus eight. Correct. It was minus nine. All right, there we go. There we go, there man. We go. Let's go. Got any yeah. more? Is that it? It's all over. Yeah, is it? All right. It, yeah. <laughs> I, I told you he was gonna hate me because <laughs> those were some. When I saw them, I was like, these are some absurd lines. Like this. So is, what are they trying to do? Sense. Like Falcons. Okay, so the Falcons getting nine in Dallas. So they are essentially wanting you to think that the Cowboys are gonna blow the Falcons out, or the Falcons are gonna do what what Denver did in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's going to bet on the Falcons because they're in Dallas, just like Denver was in Dallas at nine and a half. So this line, okay, so this line makes you want to bet the Falcons, right? Yes. You give me nine points against a Cowboys team that, that looked really bad against really Denver. Bad, yeah. So then, so then the right side would probably be Cowboys. Yeah. Take I'd, I'd go. I'd go balls deep in the Cowboys this week. This, this is the week that they they should not have not. They shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be minus nine. They shouldn't have lost that Denver game. They just looked. Mm-hmm. Rusting. So the Saints and the Titans, Saints getting three points. That's only because the Saints still have a really good defense, I think. Yes, they have the top five defense in the mm-hmm. NFL. Okay, so they want you on t- – you'd be a fool not to take Tennessee, so they want you on Tennessee. Yes. So the sharp side is the – at home because Tennessee's a much, much better team, they, and the Fal- Saints just lost to the Falcons. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to take Tennessee, mm-hmm. so I would go all in on the – the Saints would 
do damage to those corners, what you think those about receivers. That, that Patriots-Browns pick them. What do you think about that? Because the Patriots are emerging as one of the better teams in the AFC that we don't talk about. They really about. are, and I can totally see Belichick scheming beautifully against Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Take away your best weapon. Mm-hmm. Nick Chubb. Yep. Force Baker to beat you. Yeah, throw 40 times a game, Baker. Yep. Beat me that way. Force him to do that, and that's, I think, what they do because uh, Matthew Judon is out there playing really good. Oh, man. Their defense right. is really good. So, And then J.C. Jackson out here just leading the league in, cor- in interceptions three seasons in a row. <laughs> Freaking Belichick in these corners. How does he do it? It's a wizard, man. He's a wizard. He's a wizard, man. He is a it's wizard. Dr. Doom. Right. Dr. Doom. Okay, so <laughs> we'll d- jump right into one word. Okay. Um, this will be uh, quick. It should be quick and easy. Yeah. But there was so many storylines going on in the NFL that – we kind of had to make this NFL centric. There's so much going on. So, Jimmy, I'm gonna let you go ahead and give me one word on these topics. Okay. On what you feel like is going on with these teams. All right. Okay. Jordan Love at quarterback for the Packers. Average. You're okay. You are not fit to be the quarterback of this team post Aaron Rodgers. Because and that's part of the reason why is the lineage that you follow. To go from Hall of Famer Brett Favre to immunized future Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers to you, especially given how much time you've had in this offense. Well, sideline time, in the film room time, but not on the field time. I didn't see anything that makes me believe that he's the quarterback of the future for this team. I think he can be average somewhere. He could be somewhere, come in as a backup, do a few good things, maybe win a couple of games, but outside of that, I didn't see I didn't see anything special in his performance. I'd like to see him again, honestly, in mm-hmm. this game against Seattle, just to give me a little bit more data. But he just looked average. He looked all right. Disappointing was mine. <laughs> um, so you expected more. I expected a lot more. He's been in the system for a full year, did not play last year, mm-hmm. came in this year only because he had to. And now I get that he was thrown out, thrust at, thrusted out there because of the emergency situation with Aaron Rodgers. And uh, that Rona, but I expected him to know the playbook a little bit better. I think it was Collinsworth that mentioned this um, mm-hmm. on the broadcast that they they treated him with kid gloves and gave. Mm-hmm. Was it Collinsworth that said that? Did they broadcast them? I can't remember. No, because he. No, no, no. no that, they were the Sunday night team. I'm sorry. Um, I forgot who the broadcaster was. was. It, Ro- it wasn't Romo, was it? No, it wasn't Romo. Gosh, I can't remember who it was. I'm sorry. I I, I, I screwed that up, but. Uh, the broadcaster mentioned that they, they gave him a dumbed-down version of the playbook. Mm-hmm. He's been there a year and some change. Why mm-hmm. would you give him a dumbed-down version? He should be a better prepared, mm-hmm. even in his second year, to at least go out there and you know jump in. So that, 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 made, that gave me concerns. So I was, I was pretty disappointed that he couldn't even muster against one of the worst defense we've ever seen in the NFL. <laughs> uh, he, he barely got that one touchdown, which that one touchdown was great because it actually propelled me in Daily Fantasy and won me $1,000. <laughs> so I'll take it. Congrats. All right, um, next up, Patrick Mahomes is struggling. One word for Patrick Mahomes struggles. Broken. <laughs> you think he's broken he too? Looks, he looks broken. The offense looks broken. Everything about what they're trying to do looks 13 points when we're used to the three and the one being reversed and then putting up 31 or more easily. on teams. Easily. Um, especially a team you know like this. Now, the Packers still have some pretty decent defensive players, but we've had three, four, five games of this where Mahomes has just looked broke. Last week against the Giants, he looked broken then as well. They have no answer for consistently facing two high safeties where they can't continue to just bomb people down the field. And then when you're worried about that, 
hit Travis Kelsey underneath. So they look broken. They can be fixed. Mahomes is still Mahomes, but yeah, it, it just look it just looks broken. And it's costing me wins in fantasy, by the way. Like my record is essentially what their record is in real life. Because whenever he sucks, I suck. So, yeah, that's yeah, true. He's, he's broken. My team is broken. My fantasy team is broken. And the Kansas City Chiefs just, offense is broken. That, uh, broken. Um, solved is my <laughs> one word. Mm-hmm. So we, we keep talking mm-hmm. about how teams are figuring out players. Mm-hmm. He solved. They've solved them. And this is how they've solved them. Um, there was a video that was circulating around. I think I sent that to the group text. Uh, Patrick Mahomes talking about how he started playing quarterback his junior year in high school. Mm-hmm. He's a safety before that, which <laughs> is even more weird. Um, he went through college. He just now started figuring out tendencies and defenses in 2020. Halfway through the season in 2020. He said that on the LeBron James, the shop, on the shop. He said that on the shop to Maverick Carter and all of them. He said that he just started to figure out the tendencies and defense. Not figuring out defenses, but the tendencies, additional stuff, the more nuanced portion of figuring out a defense. He just started doing that 2020. Teams solved and figured out that he doesn't really know their tendencies, and they're starting to adjust themselves for it. That's... Also, also the last thing on that, this was all the concerns about Patrick Mahomes that they had before he got drafted. Mm-hmm. The willy-nilliness on the passes, the bad mechanics, the bad decision-making. He's kind of doing all that stuff now. So he's out there playing backyard football, and that backyard football caught up with him. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. Yeah, the backyard shrinking. Oh, yeah. shrinking dramatically mm-hmm. all around him. Okay. Lamar Jackson's comebacks this season. One word on Lamar Jackson mounding a bunch of comebacks. Confidence Ooh. that there are going to be at least one to two times in the playoffs this season where he's going to have to do just that. So building the confidence in the regular season to be able to do that, to be able to overcome those first half deficits when things aren't going right or when it looks like Kirk Cousins is about to beat you and then you realize he's cursed Cousins and that we have a chance to come back and win this game. And so building that confidence in the regular season to be able to do this in the postseason, I think could be has been one of the missing ingredients that Lamar Jackson has has needed or that people have said he couldn't do in order to get to the next level as an elite quarterback. So that's what he's getting, confidence. I can see that. I like that word. I'm still at two. Okay. Confidence. So Lamar, the team, the, the, the narrative around him was that he could not lead his team to a comeback. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to throw the ball 30-something times to win games. Um, he couldn't do it before. He was 0-6, including the playoffs uh, in his first three seasons, uh, including the playoffs when trailing by 10 points or more. He's done it three times this year already. He's come back from, what, four games this year mm-hmm. with the Lions, the uh, Vikings, the Chiefs, and the Colts games. Um, Lamar is showing a lot of confidence in just being a passer. He's getting his receivers. The receivers are developing better. This is the one mm-hmm. thing. We, we talked about how the biggest struggle that the Ravens had is that they didn't have wide receivers, good enough wide receivers for Lamar. And I will say that his first two years, yes. Mm-hmm. But we're in the third year now. And these players are starting to evolve themselves. Uh, Hollywood's getting better at his route running, and he's getting open. And he's actually – now he's catching the ball because at the beginning of the season, he, was ca- he dropped like three touchdowns, and he realized that i got to do better about this. Yeah. Uh, uh, Andrews has always been him, but Andrews had tendencies of dropping, but he's starting to get more confident, and he's catching. So mm-hmm. I think it's the confidence is starting to just, just seep into everybody on the roster on the offensive side. 
especially because they have a running back by committee and they're still putting up rushing yards. Like you still have to not only respect Lamar Jackson, but you got to still respect Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman. You still got Tyshawn Williams. You got to respect all of them running the ball as well, mm-hmm. even when Lamar's out there running for 100-something yards. Uh, so, yeah, he's putting up that confidence, and yeah, he's the MVP. You know, and it's funny, is like since the Chiefs, since their broken offense has become more and more unwatchable television-wise, this Ravens team has become more and more watchable and more and more exciting in a sense to kind of fulfill that voice. So they're going in opposite directions, whereas it took the Ravens a few seasons to really get that pass game to the level that it's at right now. So I find that kind of interesting. Yeah, same, same. Yeah. Okay, last one. We've got San Francisco 49ers. One word on the state of your 49ers failure abject unequivocal 100% pathetic failure that was one of the worst defensive performances I have ever seen in my entire life where you let a running back and James Conner is a good back but there is no way that he should just be running through your defense like the way that he was especially when you have Nicky Bosa and Fred Warner out there Mm -hmm. there is no reason for that to be happening that's That's our will is broken. That is we've given up. That is we don't want to play football anymore. (laughs) We're done. Yeah. So that was – and what makes it even worse is that I think Jimmy G, despite having another eyes closed pick, did have a good game, over 300 yards, what, two touchdowns, and he had two touchdowns on the ground last week. He's actually put together – these two performances back-to-back are probably the best two back-to-back performances he's had since maybe two or three seasons ago. So he's been pretty good even though it wasn't good enough to elevate this team beyond what James Conner and that offense was doing. Somehow Colt McCoy was scrambling. He never scrambled. He never scrambled for first downs when he was in college, when your athleticism is, is nearly at his peak, or any of the places that he's been in. But he was scrambling for first downs. How is that possible? How are you not catching him? Yeah, no, you're right. And Failure. Well, for me, it's refresh. Time to refresh. Time to move on probably from Shanahan or put some pressure on this guy. This is your problem. So Shanahan has been there since 2017. This Mm -hmm. is his fifth season there. Mm -hmm. In four, in three of the four seasons there, they were either last in their division or third in their division. They had the one year where they went to the Super Bowl at 13 and three. Shanahan has had a losing record every season outside of that. That should mm-hmm. be a concern. He wanted Jimmy Garoppolo. They traded for him and got him. He ain't working, obviously. Um, they He draft, wanted to draft uh, Trey Lance and then give up a whole bunch of draft picks to do it. <clears throat> they keep running quarterback power with a dude that shouldn't be running quarterback power. Run at the defensive line, Trey. It'll be all right. Exactly. <clears throat> that should be a concern. Every 49ers fan, y'all should be concerned about what the hell they're doing here. Mm-hmm. This is a problem. You know, I think it's, this may be another one of those cases, and in a sense, it's okay if this happens, that as it turns out, it may be possible that Kyle Shanahan, we know he's an ace <laughs> offensive coordinator, but maybe he is just not an ace head coach. He's not, And I think that's what it is. He's probably much better at coordinator, just like my feelings with Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's done a phenomenal job with the Cowboys defense. I think he's a great defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I think he can make things happen. You put the right – you let him pick the pieces that he really needs. I think that's the same thing with Shanahan. Shanahan does a great job with every quarterback except for the ones that he actually <laughs> handpick. Yeah. Yeah, about that. I mean, he did Matt Ryan, so oh, yeah, Ooh, buddy. Yeah, we do not have the draft pick to fall back on because that either – I know it originally traded to Miami, but I think they did a, a deal with Miami, Philly. Miami. So I think Philly might actually have the pick. You better go try to figure out how to trade back for it. <laughs> right. Offer up a pick, so. So with that, Jimmy? Yep.
It's on our Henry Room floor. We actually have some good stuff on Henry Room floor. I'm yes. going to kick it off from you. Yes, you do. Um, college football has been crazy, and I thought that this is something we should talk about. The college football playoff committee put out their first set of rankings. Mm-hmm. I was very much disappointed. If you did see, I dropped a video last Thursday. Um, with my disappointment in how they set it up, <clears throat> the initial rankings were Georgia at number one, Alabama at number two, Michigan at number th- Michigan State at number three, mm-hmm. Oregon at number four, and then your first two out were Oregon State and Cincinnati, mm-hmm. which meant that the undefeated Oklahoma Sooners were eight with Michigan at seven, mm-hmm. Wake Forest undefeated at nine, and Notre Dame at ten. So, Jimmy, do you think they got it right going into this past weekend of all the shuffle? <laughs> no, I mean, obviously we all know that Oklahoma, with a perfect record, was was disrespected. Oh, in I, every way, shape, or form. And I think it's not only th- they were disrespected because of the teams that they played, but more so because they struggled in a few of those games. But nonetheless, I mean, if you say the same thing about them, you have to say the same thing about Cincinnati, right? That their schedule isn't anything to to really be impressed by either. So I think that they they moved them there but i still think the plan is for them to there's some course correction built into the rest of the season so long as oklahoma continues to win all of their games so i think that there's a pathway for them to still get into that top 4 and hopefully set us up for that television show that we're looking for between them and georgia i think there's a way to do that but obviously just from that standpoint and even with michigan state even having them at three, I, st- I thought was still somewhat questionable. Yeah. Even, even off of that victory against Michigan, I understand that. But something just about that just didn't quite feel right to me. Yeah, your argument for Michigan State being up there is that they beat a team that's in the top ten, right? That would be <laughs> argument, right? Mm-hmm. Cincinnati did the same thing. Right. They beat Notre Dame, who's number ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Cincinnati has the same argument as Michigan State has, and I guess as you go down the line in the games, well – Everything changed because we had Michigan State lose. We had Wake Forest lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alabama barely beat LSU, and that looked really bad in that game. Cincinnati struggled against Tulsa. Um, they won 28-20. to 20. Uh, Oregon, Ohio State struggled, I guess you could say, against Nebraska, but it they did. beat them by nine points instead of when Oklahoma beat them by seven. Mm-hmm. And that Ohio State was on the road. Oklahoma was at home. So the next set of rankings are coming out. And Georgia started off slow, but – did what they do best, beat the dog side out of a team. So, Jimmy, when it comes to the rankings, what do you think it's going to look like coming up? Okay, I think you're still going to have – you're going to stand pat with Georgia 1. You're going to have Bama 2. I think that – now, Oregon, they've got the head-to-head over Ohio State. Yeah, right? they beat Ohio State in Ohio State, yeah. which I think is a big deal that we're not talking about. Yeah, so they're going to move them to 3, move Ohio State to 4. Cincinnati should not be struggling with Tulsa like that. So I think that that's going to push them back um, behind Oklahoma. Michigan – they're either going to be five or six. I'm going to say, you know, you went convincingly 29-7 against a basketball school, Indiana, right? Mm-hmm. I still think OU will probably be six, even though they should be five. But I still think that they're in a really good position in order to still get into the top four. So, you know, Sooner fans at this point, don't worry about it. Yes, you need to take care of business against Baylor, who just lost mm-hmm. as well. But I think it's going to be Bama, I'm sorry, Georgia, Bama, Oregon, Ohio State, Who's your last uh, two out? Uh, I'm going to put Oklahoma five, Michigan six. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm opposite. I, I I believe that that struggle against a team, an LSU team, who's got a lame duck coach, and they're slowly deteriorating. I think they were missing like 15 players or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was bad for them okay. to have nobody on their team. And, okay. and Alabama is not the juggernaut we thought they were. So, to me, this is what the rankings should look like. Georgia's at number one. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati's move up to number two. <laughs> Oregon should be three. Mm-hmm. And 
I'll give him a little respect. I'm gonna say Ohio State should go to number four mm-hmm. with Oklahoma at five and Michigan at number six. Mm-hmm. So, um, mainly because Cincinnati beat Notre Dame, who will be number eight in these rankings at the end of this week. Mm-hmm. In South Bend. That's a big deal that we're not because Oregon's win over Ohio State. The only reason why they're still ranked higher than them, even mm-hmm. though it was a head to head, they lost mm-hmm. on the road to Stanford, uh, unranked Stanford. They beat them in Ohio State. That's a big deal. Well, okay, so you think the committee will? So they they beat Tulsa twenty eight to twenty. You're at six. So you think the committee will be impressed by that enough? And given the struggles of Alabama, in order to move Cincy all the way up to two, I think that's too big of a leap. It is maybe too big of a leap. maybe four. I could see that. I could see four two. They're gonna they're gonna for some reason continue to keep, keep Alabama at two. Possibly this is the rankings I would do. But what they're gonna do is gonna be Georgia, Alabama. Oregon and then Cincinnati will probably jump because Notre Dame moves up. And because Notre Dame moves up, mm-hmm. that gives Cincinnati a little bit more respect because Notre Dame is ranked so high. Mm-hmm. But at the, when it's all said and done, Bama may be out of this because they still have to face Georgia. They're going to have to face Georgia in the SEC championship. They can play Auburn before that, too. And Auburn before that. So let's say they end the season with two losses. You can't put them ahead of teams that have one loss or zero losses. Yes. So it's looking like, because I really do believe that they want Oklahoma and Georgia in that championship game. So you got to get Oklahoma to two or three. So if you get Alabama out, you. You move Alabama probably down to four. Well, they'll either uh-huh. have to be four. Well, if they lose to Georgia, they're out. There's no way you yeah. put a two-loss Alabama in so the playoffs. So you could have Oregon, maybe Oregon and Oklahoma at two and three, and then maybe Ohio State at four. So then you have Georgia, Ohio State, and then you have Oregon and Oklahoma. Now, Oregon traditionally has a pretty high-flying offense, right? Do they? Typically, yeah. And I know they got that defensive player, Kayvon Thibodeau. Oh, God, maybe he's the first, stupid. You know, first pick, second pick, whatever. Yeah, so, so it's shaping up. So the committees, they're in a good spot. They're in a really good spot to give us the the right the proper television show with the best ratings, which is that, what they truly care about. That's, that's the thing that bothers me is that we're work, working on ratings instead of respecting teams that are playing the actual games on the field. But they don't pay the bills, though. Yeah, good point. <laughs> right. Well, we appreciate you joining us as usual here on Unfair Sports. Thank you for checking us out here on YouTube as well as wherever podcasts are downloaded and Listen to while you're there, please rate us, review us, like us, subscribe us, and comment. Give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Man, just give us five anyway. Gift it. All right. So, for Mike, Bob, and Wendy, thank you so much for doing your thing on the back end side for your favorite co host, Jimmy. Uh, keep a lookout. We'll have the fantasy uh, episode with OSG. Jimmy will have his solo with, yep. the, with the topic and his Frozen Five later in the week. Yep. Um, I'm probably going to post a video post the college football playoff selection on tuesday my instant reaction so that i can complain like i like to do and i deserve to do because complaining is what we deserve to get because it's preposterous that they think that we don't deserve to have undefeated teams in the playoffs so with that we'll chop it up with y'all in a few days peace mobile phone companies say they offer home internet But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details.